It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Zane. Joyce, it's our mid-season Emmys finale. Until, what, December, January? I, I mean, TV shows usually just come back in January mid-season, so. So maybe January. That'll be, that'll be a busy week because the, the first week we would have to do Globe predictions mm-hmm. and creative arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and who knows? We're going to end it on, it's a cliffhanger. Who knows? We're do not, we actually have a cliffhanger planned? I don't think we do. I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our last Emmys episode for months. So we're going to shift into the Oscars race uh, next week. Because the Emmys are delayed until January. I don't know if people realize this. Just kidding. Well, in, um, you know, another universe right now, we would be doing our creative arts predictions. for this. I was weekend. thinking that. Yeah. Now we're not doing anything. We're going to go through I, I mean, I haven't even looked at my creative arts prediction. Should I look at that right now? Want to start there? I don't want to really update anything, though. Me either. I mean, I, I may talk about, like, the guest categories. Maybe I'll just save through. A great trick is if you just click save, it makes it look like yeah, it's Yeah, I'll through. do that. Look, the last time I touched this was July 20th. I'm Mine gonna... was August 20th, so I'll do that, too. I'm going to do that later. We also got, uh, we can go through our, our prime times as well, so that'll be great. Joyce, we have a lot of emails and we have a lot of close races here to talk about for the Emmys. And then we're not going to think about them again. Well, voting is over, obviously. So um, the votes have probably already been tabulated. The so, winners are, the, the whoever tabulated votes knows the winner. Yeah, like like three people know the winners right Somebody now. Somebody watching this could know. Yeah. Won. Will they leak before January 15th? I don't think they will. I honestly don't think they will because I don't think there's a real like, uh, urge to. You just leave. need someone to like hack the system. If somebody hacks the system, yes, but I don't think there's anybody on the inside who's like, you know, we got to do leak the Emmy winners. No, but it's just like someone like once like they start like planning stuff, you know, like some people, you know, have to share intel, and I'm, then some people can't keep it on the DL. I'm very, I'm very excited to see how this plays out from a show standpoint. We're assuming that the strikes will be over by January, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And if they are, uh, there's going to be a lot of things in production in January, seemingly, because we're going to start it up. Well, they would still like build in the breaks for. You awards. think they like, would build they, like in the normal year, like they take breaks, you know, for the globes and everything, and so that, you think people so. still, even though they're coming off a strike, you think they'll be like. 
going to an award show yeah okay I, I will see how we'll see. I wonder how the attendance will be. I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, this is what people were saying last year when the Globes were back on TV and people went. Yeah, that's true. Not so. everyone, but people. Some people, people did. went. It was well attended. Okay. It was well attended. Uh I guess we'll see. So, so you want to do, I mean, you want to talk we were talking before this about close races. We have so many emails. I feel like we should maybe read some of those to get into these, but some of them are not about these categories. We could just save those at the end. It's fine. For the emails. Yeah comedy uh series joyce remains pretty tight you said ted's still in first but well in turn yeah in like the overall odds ted yeah. is first but the bear actually has more first place uh predictions than ted by seven at this point on september 6th i at 11 a.m eastern <laughs> still don't see it i still think ted is gonna win yeah, same. Uh, we'll talk about this in like later. But I was at, when I was at Telluride this past weekend. Uh, we were some P- TV was not a hot topic, but there was conversations about some of these shows, and people were like, "Oh man, the bear, the bear." But I'm like, I don't think, I think the industry maybe likes the bear, but I'm I think Emmy voters who are just like Emmy voters who like Ted Lasso still like Ted Lasso. I'm like not ready to move it at all. Well, I mean, like. Academy members are the industry. I think like the industry does love the bear, but I think Ted is still like the consensus. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So it's still um like it it got more nominations this year than it ever has for a very, very, very uneven season. And I think I think people do love the bear, but um it's not even like the oh it's like a drama thing i i just think like ted is so big um it's gonna take a lot to bring it down and i think to win series you do just need that like broad support like that consensus and i think ted has that so we were also like we kind of at least i did i think you probably did too that like like you've said that the season of ted is moments not a show yeah. And I think as you get further away from the season, the thing that remains are the moments, not the show. So I think even people who were like spotty on the season are probably like, man, I did like that. And that was pretty cool. Oh, I love that scene with uh, Phil or, you know, whatever. And like, all of a sudden the show remains in your memory, like stronger than it really was as you were watching it week by week. But I think like, you know, if, if you've liked the sh- show from the beginning, chances are you still, or, or like, I think, um, like voters chances are like most of them still like it now I don't think they're as critical of the show as like we are and like the general public and like you know Twitter is and just you know the internet in general like I I don't think they are you know they they take like that close an eye to it um and like they just kind of enjoy these characters and yeah so and then there's like if they do you think like it is the last season and it's like, oh, I'll just vote for it one more time. You know, I mean, I don't know like if there's anything that would make me switch to the bear. I mean, like, I'm not going to think about this again until February, but. I'm not going to switch to the bear. And I guess like maybe, maybe if like the bear wins casting, but I don't know. I still have jury duty winning casting. Yeah, same. I, I There's a category later we'll talk about because there's an email about it, Joyce. But I think there's one place where Ted versus the bear, I think I could see myself switching, but not in series. 
comedy actress we've talked about a lot. I'm still like throwing my hands up in the air about this one, but I have Christina Applegate winning. Sure. I guess I finally switched to her. I don't even remember doing this. You did this like two weeks ago. So uh seems right. Why not? I don't know. As as a lone nominee. I mean, it would be crazy, but like the other nominees here are not strong, I don't think, or have reasons to think they're not strong. Um, I mean, it's just how far ahead is Quinta? Let me see. The odds. Like she's still in first and Rachel is still right behind her. Right. So. And she's pretty comfortably ahead in first. Yeah. But I will say uh, in another category, a person who is comfortably ahead in first is Tyler James Williams for Abbott. And so we have him in, I think you and I have him in sixth. I do. And then the person in sixth and the odds is Phil Dunster, who I have in third. <laughs> so I get the sense that no disrespect to anybody on the Abbott show, which is a great, good show. We've talked about this a lot. Like it's very watchable. It's a very good show. I enjoy watching it. I'd recommend it to everybody. Uh, I think our, there's more uh, in predictions. I think it's maybe over predicted based on how it has performed. So I think Quentin might be a front runner and certainly is like an obvious pick because Abbott is in theory a strong show and whatever, but I'm not sure that it, that her, her vote totals and lead over Rachel and Christine Applegate it, is it, like, it makes indicative sense of what from... it is. Right. Like, I think it makes sense if you're just like a casual observer of the Emmys. Yes. Right. And like, you don't follow this stuff closely. You don't notice that Abbott is like missing writing and directing. It doesn't matter here because only actors are voting for the acting winners. But like, I think there is this kind of um, general perception that Abbott is really strong um, because of how it performed last year and it won three Emmys and she won for writing last year and now like Jean Smart is out of the way so she could win like people were predicting her to win last year to beat Jean yes you know and then she obviously won the globe in January so I think yeah if you're like a casual it it like seems right right like and like Abbott is clearly like the the show that I wouldn't say it's, it's not stronger than Wednesday but it's been already embraced by the Emmys right, right? so um it's it it like everything like looks right on paper for her to win yes so but yeah i i don't know if there's like enough passion for her to win like you just i mean you pick one person it's not ranked or anything so i mean that's I why know. i put christina up there because i just think she'll have a lot of passion even as a lone nominee i just i think like the show is you know, it came the last season premiered in November and like no one's talked about it. Since. No, I don't. I mean, I definitely don't disagree. I, I mean, like she's just basically just like it's like her personal narrative, yes. but I don't know how much that's going to carry her either. Maybe not, but I, I, I'll i put money on the personal narrative. I feel like to me, it seems strong. Uh, anything else? I'm trying to think of what else I shifted here. I still in drama. I didn't make really any changes at all. I still have Ray winning uh, for better uh, call Saul. Do you, what do you have in directing? Do you sell Connor's Wedding? Yes, I do. Do you? I still have it too, but I don't, as you know, I don't feel great about it because it's the triple vote split situation. So I will say this means nothing, certainly. 
But of the three succession nominee directors, I've talked to two, and I did not talk to Mark Mylod. So why are you predicting him? Well, I'm going to predict him because I think he deserves to win. That's so unlike you. It's possible. I don't know what that means. Even I just that's a, just a data point to throw out there. If he didn't win, what would you have winning then? Last of Us is second. It would, it would be like the series runner-up, um, because that's what happens in triple yes. split situations. And I think that is the White Lotus. I agree. In our odds, it's not. Last of Us is second. White Lotus. I think is because third, people but... just really, really like that episode. I think so too. I think the one thing that has, I guess it doesn't. We were saying this last year when I was trying to predict the vote split between Dopesick and White Lotus. That Mike White's more of a writer than a director, and then he doesn't won matter. both. No. So I don't think it really matters. I think like he could easily win here, Mike White. And I think you could definitely see a vote split on the succession ones. I guess, like we said, the argument against that is that it's less of a vote split than you would think, because while there, everyone is wrong. I think Living Plus is like not considered a top tier succession episode. And so I don't think oh, no, Maureen, it's like last almost like maybe above Bad Sisters. Like, it's actually in the odds. It's somehow like third to last Bad Sisters and Andor like bottom for us, it seems. But I have I I I. I think that is a great episode, but I don't think people necessarily agree with that. So I think she, yeah. like, Lorene is not necessarily a real threat. So then it's between America Decides and uh, Andre Parekh and Mark Mylod for Connor's Wedding. I, I mean, America Decides is pretty great. So that might make it tough. And then maybe Mike White wins for White Lotus. Yeah, like last year when I had um, triple nominees here, I never predicted succession to win. I right. was like, it's not happening. And I think last year the three were uh much more they were more closely competitive than it is this year where it's like very obvious that connor's wedding is the standout episode of the season that everyone remembers and talks about like it's just you know it's like it's like a household name that the episode title it's like one of those it's like white caps you know yeah. like you say and you know what that episode is like yeah. the suitcase ozymandias yes you know like you just know what that episode is so I think like it like it has to like it would be the first one to overcome a triple vote split in directing under this system. Um, I think it can do it. I like I don't even think like what happened with Watchmen was the same either because it had like I think like you know it it had like the black and white episode and then like the the premiere episode, um, the the the, the Tulsa right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like that was more closely competitive that year and an orthodox one right so i don't know like i think like yes tier wise like it would be connor's wedding america decides and living plus but i don't know um how much chase america decides would be giving connor's wedding i, I guess the argument for it is that andre already won for a succession right so he's like a yeah he pulled off the upset and... um, when everyone thought um uh like mark would win for and, season two right. finale and then right. hunting one instead so so he's already an, in theory a known quantity among the voters uh and that episode i think there is a great well that's like, also like do they know like he directed it too it's like well i know, mean maybe like, i would say yes i think they probably would but also uh from a technical standpoint while we've talked like obviously like the narrative of connor's wedding with like the unbroken take or whatever and they did it like many times and it's like 20 minutes and all these things like I think that the technical feat of doing America Decides is actually maybe stronger because they had to do like two episodes at the same time because they had to shoot like all like it's you don't even notice it really or if you're a casual viewer like they're made like a whole election night show 
basically. And then also did the episode on top of it and had to do it like in a very short amount of time. So I think like there is a degree of difficulty thing that at least is on par with Connor's wedding. But like you said, it is the most famous episode. So maybe that doesn't and matter. And like, obviously that's the one, you know, they're banking on like, they, like Mark has been doing interviews since it aired in April. I guess also if you're like I took to more I'm not I don't even believe this but just to float more of like a vote split concept between these two uh and reason to go with White Lotus maybe would be like maybe because they've been hammered with Connor's wedding and because it's like the real lone representative in so many other categories for succession right like if you're not a super fan of that episode uh you might be like oh thank god I could vote for something else like, even though I love Succession, I'm going to vote for America Decides because I just like that episode maybe more than Connor's Wedding. And I haven't had the chance to do that in these other categories where Connor's Wedding is like represented all over the place. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, you could. Well, I mean, like, I think that would be there's like there's a higher chance of that happening if everyone were voting, but it's just directors and like they're they're lazy. Like, we know this. Yeah. So I think I mean I think it's it's true that like they are voting for what they like and like that's how we got you know hunting winning instead of this is not for tears. So it's possible right? that they like America decides more. Like maybe so it's but I think yeah I mean like that year like is that year is also kind of like more on par with season three where it's like there wasn't one like really clear obvious like front runner and like this is not for tears was just being predicted because it was the finale right. you know like that was um but like hunting had four on the floor and it was like you know it's like that was a flashy sequence too so if yeah. if i was like i mean as, as card carrying members of the number of the succession fan club if you ask me which one i want to watch again it's america decides i think it's like just much more watchable than connor's wedding for a host of reasons i'm not saying it's better but I just think it's like more of an enjoyable watch. So I wonder if that, I, 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 I'm still going to predict Connor's wedding, but I think it's closer between that and America Decides than maybe people expect. And I do think that would open the door for Mike White to win over Last of Us because I just think White Lotus is the series runner up. That's um, hilarious because, I mean, I do agree. It's very rewatchable American Decides, but just remember remember like all, all the tweets the night it aired when people are like i can never watch this again it's like yeah i'm like it's tv guys that's like, like i know little, it's like that's a like, little broad yeah i would say that's a little broad it's so fun and it's so like it's so tense but it's like a great ride it's almost like the uncut gems episode of, of succession that we might take people get like so easily like overly anxious about things like it's like the it's like the fishes episode of the bear and i'm just like at, like people were like i know someone who had to take a one week break after fishes before they watch forks. Wow. And I'm like, I went straight into forks. I'm like, that was cool. Next like play. And, but I'm like, like have none of you guys ever been in like, you know, dysfunctional family dinners before like lots of yelling, like that didn't make me anxious. Like, I mean, I it's, it's like, you know, totally fine if it made you anxious, but I'm just like, I don't need to take like a breather on these things. I'm like, it's just TV. Like. How about, uh, limited series directing Joyce that's another really tough one um I actually just changed that to beef I had Fleischman mm -hmm. um and I did the great fabricator Jake Fryer cool. not figures of light which I think is still in first in the odds I think so let me look hang on right yes pretty well ahead I think people just being like the, the finale, finale. Yeah. 
um, and like Lee Sung Jin, right? Um, but I'm I I went with the Great Fabricator, just going by, um, you know, the Succession corollary, and also like the Crown corollary when people were predicting the finale to win, and then the other episode wins. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Also, like we've talked about from a directing standpoint, the penultimate episode is a little flashier than the finale. Very action packed. I have uh, Paris Barkley winning for Monster, and I have Dan Trachtenberg for Prey all the way up in second. I mean, I've thought about him a lot. I, I don't know if I will ever go to him. I guess the thinking for me was Monster second in the odds behind it's it's sandwiching the beef is sandwiching Monster. Uh, so it's like I don't know what is that kind of it's like a reverse sandwich I guess right because beef would be in the middle if it was like a sandwich. Uh, and the reason I have that winning is because I think that the beef ones are very close because I think Great Fabricator is probably an easier one to win, like you're suggesting. But I do think because it's the finale and because Lee Sung Jin directed it and is the creator of the show that Figures of Light will have a lot of support as well. And I think it, there's not enough distance between those two that I think Monster could win. So I put Prey in second because I do think like that would be awesome. They clearly liked Prey and it's like a really good, uh, well-directed thriller so i think there's a world where it could win but it would be so shocking to me if it actually won that's why i want a monster yeah it would be a very cool winner but i don't really think it would happen um so and then like the other monster episode is basically like living plus here <laughs> where it's just yes. like they're not I really i don't think i don't so, think like which like also helps right paris right. and paris also hasn't won I think since 99. He hasn't won in a long time. And I think he's obviously been out there like in the interviews that I've seen him do. Oh, yeah. And, and this is this is their best episode, Silence. And so I think even though the show maybe is not as strong as we thought or maybe as it was expected, because I think we both agree it left nominations elsewhere on the table. Uh, I do think it could win here um, because of Paris. But obviously beef, you can't go wrong with one of those because they're the favorites though i think prey would be a great winner I'm, where, I just do you, can't predict. where do you have your fave fleischman i have fleischman now and because of the i have fleischman in fifth but i think it's really close i think fifth in this category is like this reminds me a little bit of like comedy supporting actor where it goes like almost all the way down to where any of the people in this category could legitimately win i think the only episode the only person who sadly for them cannot win is like Carl Franklin for, for the other monster episode. But if any of these other five won, I would really not be that surprised, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, I don't, I don't think Fleischman is going to win, but if it won, would you be shocked? Like, no. I and I, so. and I had Fleischman yeah. since noms because mostly because I couldn't choose between the beefs and then I had to move on to the next category. <laughs> and then, so writing beef is well out in front. I just think I do. I just think Fleischman could win here. I really, really do. I think that the fact that it was overperformed again, arguably, you could say maybe it left a nomination on the table, right? With like Jesse or something. But I mean, it was like a very strong performer. And I think the Taffy is like a well-known quantity as a writer. And while Beef is also a great achievement, I think there is elsewhere like Lee Sung Jin will still win if when the show wins right he he's at three nominations individual like for producing for writing and directing so it's not like he's not going to win an Emmy for beef which we all think will steamroll to series so I don't know it's not like like and I 
think they liked Fleischman and maybe it would win here, but obviously. How many people do you think do that calculus? Like, let's say you're in the writing branch and like you, if, like, if I know like, that, yeah. like, well, like you can't vote in directing, but you can vote in programs. So you can vote for Lee Sung-jun twice. If, if I liked, if I liked both of these shows, I would say if it was me voting, I would say B for series. Cause I think as an achievement, largely it was great and I could see it winning and I would vote I would split off because I don't necessarily need to give it the writing win also. And I think if I equally like both these shows and I was voting as a writer, I would say Fleischman is the more writing achievement because of like the way it's structured and the way it tells its narrative. And it's much more complicated and, and adapting a book that was tricky to adapt maybe. And like all these different things, I think that would go into it, it would make me think that it's more of a writing achievement, even if it's not the best show and I would vote for a B for it. So I would do that, but yeah, I don't like, think I would, would do that maybe. I would vote for Fleischman in writing just because I think it's the better script. Right. And yeah. like of and then in series, I mm, yeah, I would I would vote for beef in series, but I'm not doing that because I want to each to vote for each of them in something, you know? Like it's just I think like like I agree, like I think beef like overall is like a better show than Fleischman. <laughs> um, but I think in that writing category, me time is a better script. Right. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I, I, mean, I have beef. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, everybody has beef, so it's not like I'm sure it'll win, and I'll just be like, you know, it's a loss. The other one I wanted to switch was uh, Niecy Ness, Betch, and Claire Danes. I still have Claire, and I feel like that might just be where Fleischman wins its award. And I'm going to switch to Nisi because I just think like she's the people's choice choice. Um, I mean, I think it's between the two of them, although you know how much I would love to see Merritt Weaver win. She wins every five years. I have so. her in third. Same. Yeah. Uh, I just think while we all agree that Claire rolls and would be a great winner, I'm also like, I just think Nisi's got like the momentum maybe or whatever perceived momentum there is. And people, I mean, like, so I don't what, know. What was the momentum during voting? I don't know. I don't even know. Was there <laughs> momentum for any of them during voting? I don't think so. But I think people like want, like the idea of Nisi winning. And obviously she's- I like, mean, I definitely think the internet likes the idea yeah. of Nisi winning, especially because Claire already has three Emmys. Right. I guess so, an argument again, against I don't, Claire. I don't know if like the voters think or care about that. So I mean, an argument against Claire is that she's playing a quote, in air quotes here, difficult woman. Yeah, but this is her episode. Like right. it's clear like they made it through the show and they saw me time. They still might not like her after me time though. No, but like you understand. I don't think you need to like characters. Okay. I just, you need to understand characters. And I, you I don't disagree. I'm just saying we know that they have issues here with like uh, women who have a strong POV usually right. yeah but i think like what she does in episode is very cathartic right um when you're watching it regardless of what you think of rachel yeah i guess so. that could be true uh i think she does something we all want to do <laughs> yeah that's fair that's a good that's a good reframe i like that because we have so many emmy questions this is our last run if you, you should um, save the best question for so that will be our cliffhanger even though it's not cliffhanger <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. I'll see what we got. We have also have a ton of Oscar questions. We'll get to them next week, I guess. And if you want to write more about yeah, the Oscars. Wait. Like there's like TIFF this weekend. Yeah. So come on. Uh, we'll we're going to definitely do the Oscars starting next week and email us those at slugfest.goldderber.com. This one is from Reese though. 
Joyce. Witherspoon? No. Oh, sad. Maybe. Could be a burner. Reese, if you're watching, I've watched the first few episodes of the morning show season three. Is it like at Hello Sunshine? It's not at Hello Sunshine. I haven't watched the morning show yet. I'm like, obviously, I'm still watching the US Open, so I can't get to any TV (laughs) until that's over. I I gotta say, what an entertaining... uh, How is is my guy John Hamm? He's playing uh, Elon Musk by way of an Apple commercial. Incredible. How funny is he? Because I need him to do more comedy. That's always it's not funny. super funny yet. It's funny. I think it's funny because it's like so it's funny. Because but it's like the funny. show itself is funny because it it's not actually trying to be funny. Yeah. I yeah. mean a little bit. Yeah. Uh so here's Reese. Howdy, Joyce and Chris. I'm a longtime listener, but I finally worked up the courage to email you too. Uh Reese, you got always email us. That's great. Uh, thanks for being a staple in my weekly routine. And as a Ray, a Ray Seahorn Emmy truther, special thanks to Joyce for reigning in my Better Call Saul Awards delusions whenever I need a reality check, which is very often. Uh, I've seen a lot of people online proposing solutions for the purported genre category fraud uh, with shows like The Bear, White Lotus, and Barry. Regardless of your thoughts on which shows are actually committing genre fraud, can you actually envision the TV Academy making any rule changes or reworking the categories because of this? And what would that look like? Is this a problem significant enough to warrant... A solution, or have I just stumbled into my own personal online echo chamber? My personal take is that it's a bit silly and impractical to have separate dramedy categories, which is what a lot of people seem to be calling for, but I wouldn't mind some tweaks. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I feel like we get one of these every week, Joyce. What do you think of this one, though? So basically, like, should we eradicate drama and comedy? Or is she saying, like, I think one of the things is- Or, like, like, have rules for, like, what can compete where? Or how about this? Is it even worth this? Like, is this something that is very online and do people actually not care about this? It is. It is definitely very online and very like, um, like the awards nuts yes. are like basically the only people who care about this. I, I don't, so. it doesn't bother me, honestly. It doesn't bother me. I, I don't understand. care about category fraud. I don't care about genre fraud. No, like, it, it doesn't really feel like anything. I think it's like their catch-all there. It's like the broadest of all possible catch-all terms for shows to give you a little more uh, breathing room to nominate more shows in different categories. That's how I view it. Right. And also like back in the day when the Emmys started, it was like a lot more clear because it was situational comedy, like the comedies, right? So it was like clearly a sitcom, the format, very distinct. And then you had your dramas. It was like very clear. And now like the lines are murkier and they blend more. So I understand, like I like, I do think the bear is a drama but i do i care that isn't comedy no because also they're not breaking any rules like they're just taking advantage of it so more power to fx (laughs) i also i don't necessarily think i don't think it matters as much to me too because i'm like it's still you're still voting for the shows on their merits right or your personal taste i guess like whatever you like the most you can then in, in while jeremy allen white versus like jason sudeikis or the bear versus ted lasso might seem like silly but you're still there's still shows you're voting on their merits and whether you like them more. Now the bear, maybe you like the bear more and the Ted more, but it doesn't really matter that one's a comedy, one's a drama. I don't think like you're getting extra points. I think there's an implied thing here with like the com the drama is sneaking into comedy that they're like better inherently because they're dramas because dramas are more serious, but I'm like, I don't really don't think people care. And also like comedy is just as hard. So it doesn't really yeah, matter. Comedy's harder than drama. Right. So it doesn't really matter to me that they're competing against each other. And I don't think the bear has like an unfair advantage because it's a drama competing with comedies because comedies are also good and they should be able to compete with anything, right? Like you're when you watch shows, you're not like, well, I like the bear 
more than Ted Lasso because the bear is a, a drama and Ted Lasso is a comedy. You're going to be like, I like the bear more than Ted Lasso because it's a better show, maybe. Yeah, and then when you're like choosing things to watch, it's just like, I can't, you're not like, I can't watch the bear right now because like, it's it's a drama, right? Yeah. You know, it's like you're, I think like, you know, when you're, when you check out shows, like, you know, you go by like recommendations or something, or maybe you're like reading reviews and then you're like, I'll, I'll check it out. But then you don't like when you complete it, you're not like, well, I just like logged off another comedy here, <laughs> you right. know, now I need to like switch genres. Um, but I also think like, like, you know, awards are just like, they're so unserious, like truly, because it's like, you're just depending on other people voting for you for reasons. And it could be whatever reasons the voter wants it to be. It could just be like, you didn't shake their hand one time, so they're not going to vote for you, right? Or you're not friends with them. They're not going to vote for you. It might not be on merit at all. Um, and then like everyone has different tastes, so they might not like your performance, your show, whatever. So they're going to vote for something else that they like more. Totally fine. You know, everyone can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And like everyone has a different checkpoint for what they vote for. So it's like, like, does, does like, you know, how, how funny someone is matter to you when you're voting, when you're trying to choose between Jeremy Allen White and Jason Sudeikis, right? Like if it does, then maybe you can say like, I'm going to vote for Jason because I think he was funnier. Right. Right. But yeah, then maybe. some people might say like, actually, I thought Jeremy was way funnier in the bear than yeah. Jason was on Ted Lasso. Yeah. So. Uh, Reese, thanks for writing. Uh, you can always write us back. Uh, let's see this one. I think we did this one already. So sorry. Let's see. This one's from our old friend, uh, Face All, who's written in before. Uh, dear Chris and Joyce, haven't emailed in a while, but motivated by your pleas for more listener questions as of late. So here are some essays to make up for lost time. Thank you. Faith. Oh my gosh. So hilarious here is uh, we have, this is going to be, <laughs> this is for Emmys 2024 part two. He writes choice. Uh, I've been asking a lot about Meryl Streep, but now having seen uh, only murders uh, season three and you guys have seen up to episode eight, uh, could she not only get nominated, but potentially win supporting actress season three opening scene, as well as look for the light number are truly incredible. And I think this role is really allowing her to not only play to her strengths dramatically, but to show a new side to her, which I think voters might be excited to vote for. At the same time, what I appreciate about the performance is that it is very mature and nuanced in its depiction of a struggling actor. She never feels like the butt of a joke, rather always ahead of it in a sense. Also, it helps that she's playing an actor and you know how actors feel about anything pays homage to their trade if done right, which this definitely is. That's the first part of this essay. I agree with everything Faisal just said there. Same. Um, yeah, we talked about this, I guess, a month ago now when it premiered and how great she was, like predictably great, but also I think um, surprisingly, like in like what, you know, he's he's saying like the elements of that character and the nuances in her performance and how they're writing to Loretta and then the whole relationship with Loretta and Oliver too. Like I really, what episode was this week? Was it, it it's on Tuesdays, right? So it already aired this week? I think so, yeah. What are they up to? I'm not watching in real time. I know, I don't watch it live. Um, so this week was, oh, this week was six. Oh, so this was the theater episode. I don't think she's in this one. This is when they go to um, the theater. This is what Stephen the Fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's in this one either. Yeah, but she, is she back in, she's definitely in eight. She she's has, definitely like, in eight. I think she's she in seven a, too. Yeah, I think she's in seven. Uh, um, but she has a great um, final moment in eight. Yes. Too. Uh, 
it's a great performance. Look for the light. I think it's so great. Also, it's just a great yeah. song. And like the performance is so good. I love Ashley Park in that scene. Also, it's like really well done. Uh, Face all continues here talking about this year's Emmys then and more Meryl. Uh, I think if Ayo Edebery wins or Edebery wins for her the first 2024 Emmys in Supporting Actress, that will take the air out of Cheryl's chances if Abbott is even ready in time for season three. I only see uh, Cheryl's type of performance winning once or in successive years. Once voters move on, I don't think they will get back to her, which could potentially leave the door open for Meryl to win the Emmys in 2024 round two. That assumes Io doesn't win again, which I don't think is a wild possibility alongside Jeremy White, potentially losing for season two, maybe Martin Short, or is that too crazy for actor? Faisal really going nuts here. Uh, or only murder is going to dominate 2024. I would say, I think Meryl is a very strong contender to win, but I would be yeah. shocked if the show all of a sudden became an Emmy darling in 24, even with a lack of competition, I guess. Like, I think Jeremy's still safe bet to win for season two of The Bear. Yeah, I would, I guess I would just say Martin would be in second. <laughs> I think Martin certainly um, would be in second. And yeah, I think Meryl can win. Like, I, like, I never thought she was going to win for Big Little Lies. I guess that's, like, the closest comp in this situation here. But I don't, I also don't think season two of Big Little Lies was successful. Um, whereas, like, you know, season three of Only Murders is. So I think she can win next year, uh, especially with the field clearing out. Um, you know, I mean, like, the longer the strikes go on the chances of Abbott returning even with six episodes is decreasing so and you know you could bang bang out um comedies especially you know 22 minute comedies quicker than you can do dramas it, so if the show if the strikes end like at the, in October end of September it can do if it ends like October they can definitely get into production yes. by January and then they could get out like six episodes but if it's like end of the year nothing like then it's gonna be gone. Rough. like it's also hard because of the timing of the strikes this time as opposed to last time because last time it started in november 2007 so like season already in production they had scripts done you know episodes broken on the whiteboard so once the strike was over they could just pick up again and like some oh. episodes they've already edited like still aired but the writer's strike started in May and that's normally when writer's rooms open. Right. And no, no writer's rooms open. So they have nothing planned at all. I think they have some things planned. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, like if maybe in their mind, written. but it's like, you know, like, <laughs> like nothing, nothing has been filmed. Like that's the thing. Like nothing has not been filmed. filmed. I, I think they could get into production probably pretty quick on some of these shows, but nothing has been like filmed. comedies. They can definitely get into production a lot quicker than dramas. So, but did this uh, is, but I also other... agree about like the what he said about Cheryl. I think we've talked about this before, where, or maybe, or maybe I was saying like I feel like Janelle James's time has passed. No offense to her, but I felt like she, um, her best chance, the best time for her to win was last year when she, like that's just a type of like breakout performance that would win like right yeah. off the bat, and it would be harder for her to win, and it would have made more sense for her to win last year and Cheryl to win this year. I, I agree totally. I also think that, yeah, I think Janelle was more of a, was funnier in season one than season two. And so I, I could see, I think this category this year for 2024 part one is down to Io versus Hannah Waddingham. And I'm not sure they'll go back to Hannah Waddingham. And Io has remained like very uh, public facing, even amid the strike, because she's just like got a lot of content out there and 
That's great. She went to Beyonce with I saw Santa, it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. She's great in Bottoms. Did you see Bottoms yet, Joyce? It's so I funny. No. Oh my God. It's so funny. So I'm like, I think she can, I still have her winning. Um, if Hannah won, I would not be surprised. But if I doesn't win in part one, Emmys 2024, I think she'll definitely win in part two, 2024, even with Meryl there. Because I think they'll be very gaga for the bear. I think if she wins uh, this year, 24 part one, then Meryl definitely wins. That would be my take. I mean, she could just win both of them too. I mean, I guess she could. I guess she could. They also like back-to-back champs in this category. Sorry to Hannah who couldn't do it last and year. But... The problem with the bear with the only murders, I guess, is like we've talked about, it's always a solid show, good for safe bet for nominations and not a lot of wins. But that again, that could change next year when everything clears out. So right. it's like that, it's that's been I mean, it's only performed under one Emmys that was last year, and it was never winning series it wasn't going to win anything above the line really like its best right. chances were below the line and it won three awards um and it won guest actor for nathan so um uh, but yeah i so. got one here just not about emmys or this year's oscars race but about our oscars playback series it's from our old friend harold and maude just want to read this one because it was just a plug oscars playback hi joyce and chris this time i have a question about oscars playback which we finished uh or, or, we did so we did the 2010 Oscars. Uh, is there a past Oscars year that you particularly like that you haven't gone over? My favorite is certainly 1973 with Tatum O'Neill as an all-time winner, in my opinion. I actually thought about this. And I think my favorite would be the uh, 75 Oscars, which is uh, when uh, Godfather Part Two won. But this is the list of nominees. It's Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, The Conversation, Lenny, and The Towering Inferno. So you like that because of the nominees, not necessarily because of like the, the ceremony yeah, itself. Yeah. yeah. I don't I guess I that's think... what I'm wondering. Like, am I picking something based on like winners and nominees or like the actual ceremony? I'm, I'm picking winners and nominees because I have to say we could always we'll we'll I'm sure we'll do this again next summer, Joyce. We'll probably come up with a way to do it again. But I have to say, like, I think the Oscar ceremonies don't really for me make an impact until like Billy shows up. And then from there forward, like the modern Oscar ceremony is much more entertaining as a show. Uh, and the past Oscar ceremonies, I think, are much more about the winners and the speeches. I think that Billy is like the dividing line. Um, so I, so one ceremony I spent a lot of time with um, was uh 52 for the 51 films um because my uh like thesis paper in college was about a streetcar named desire the film so i guess i'll just say that okay um uh it didn't win best picture an american in paris won best picture but it won three acting oscars pretty crazy not for marlon brando though so an incredible time to like movies and now we're yeah. debating the merits of movies that are not as, I think, great. But this I, year, I, I think it's pretty her. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one from uh, another email. Email us at slugfisticgoldderby.com. You could still email about the Emmys, I guess. I mean, there's a chance we'd maybe read it, but not until December. I'm going to lock them up. But then, like, what if they feel outdated by then? Yeah, I guess if, if you have a really good Emmy one, we can read it. But otherwise, just email us and, and slugfisticgoldderby about the Oscars, whatever. This one is from definitely not Patrick J. Adams. So I'm going to guess this is a pseudonym choice. Uh, I'm not sure this is a real, real, uh, real Patrick. You know Adams what? Movie. We kind of like, 
make more burner accounts. I know like they're kind of a hassle. But yeah, you can fine. maybe do it. You could leave the email address and change the display name. And then I'm not yeah, reading yeah. email addresses, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, Suits is obviously in the show of the summer and it's a ton of fun. Why did the Emmys ignore it when it was on? We have multiple Suits questions here, Joyce. So, Well, um, not, not to brag, but I covered Suits at okay. my previous job. Okay. I was I was the on the suits beat. Yes. Um, How was that for you? I greatly enjoyed it. Um, I loved suits and it's like such an easy show to cover because it's so low stakes. Right. Like we need, you know what, you know why suits was successful on Netflix only with eight seasons. It doesn't even have the full series. Like you have to watch season nine on Peacock, <laughs> which this that's my favorite part of this, their streaming numbers. But we need more like middle TV back. Well, this actually yeah. goes to the next part of this question. Given the resurgence, do you think we took USA's Blue Sky era for granted? It we did. A, we definitely did. Gave us the types of shows that are now mostly missing from the TV landscape. Shows that are low stakes but fun and totally rewatchable from Psych to Burn Notice to White Collar. It also technically gave us Political Animals, which was totally robbed at the Emmys. Sebastian Stan should have won an Emmy for that performance. Um, facts. Cosine. Ditto. For sure. Um, instead, they you know went with Ellen Burstyn because she's Ellen Burstyn yeah so but I don't even think like like what is even on USA right now I don't think they have anything like because they basically just stopped I do original programs like they so I love the blue sky era because I also covered covert affairs so that was my jam like covert affairs and suits so it it, it's funny to me that like we moved obviously like the world has completely changed and we've moved away from like classic movies like the movies they used to make and shows like this shit that we used to watch yeah, like the like, 90s thrillers and stuff all yeah. this stuff and then now the thing that cracks me up is that like all these platforms and distributors try to like recapture this stuff and can't do it and i can't figure out why they are so try hard but i'm thinking of like shows that netflix put out this year including like uh the diplomat feels like a show that would have been a usa show right. yeah did i did i say that to you when I, I was like I don't it, remember like it would have been sure on like did. on like ABC 10 p.m. Tuesdays 10 years and ago night agent would have been also yes same I, I definitely said all night agent and but like ABC or something all, none of the they're not just not as good though there's something about no, it they miss. it's like it's like looking at like it's like a blurry picture like a blurry uh Picasso that's what it feels like to me sometimes it's, it's like you know like in multiplicity you make a copy of a copy of a copy yeah it, yeah. it just feels like there's something off about these. And, and I could go through a bunch of movies too that I think are like hearkening back to like the olden days that are mm-hmm. just missing something about well, what Well, like makes last sense. year, like I kind of felt that way about The Good Nurse. Like I, I enjoyed The Good Nurse, like very like B plus. But it, it kind of felt like it was trying to recapture that kind of like, you know, 90s like thriller yes. type of vibe, you know? And, and they just can't recapture it. There's something, right. I can't figure out what it is. I don't know why. I just don't. I feel I, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like organic like the way that's what it is like i think like it's like what you're saying like they're trying to recapture it instead of just doing it instead of just doing it like i think the blue sky era for usa i mean at a certain point it became calculated because it was successful but when they were first just like when like burn notice and like in plain sight and like psych first premiered you know they weren't like setting out to be like we're gonna be blue skies that just became like a thing around like 2010 or whatever and then like white collar covert affairs there was also fairly legal like these titles were just iconic necessary roughness great great stuff and and yeah like i think like they did they just knew and they knew how to hire the right people 
for that kind of aesthetic and that kind of like low stakes drama like highly enjoyable and they did that the other thing is too like they did a lot of episodes like they didn't do 22 like a broadcast network but suits did 16 episodes a season and they would always split it so like they would always premiere in the summer the first half so it'd be like eight episodes they always had a mid-season finale where something happens and like i talked to aaron korsh so many times (laughs) and then they would always come back like january february ish like you know mid-season for the second half of that season right so they have a lot of episodes and now like TV shows are like eight episodes long. Like you don't get to spend enough time with these characters. I've been, I've been thinking about that a little with uh, winning time, which I'm loving second season. Seven is episodes. So good. It's only seven episodes. And it's like the way they're telling the story, I think maybe warrants that because they're jumping through time pretty quickly and like kind of landing on specific, like key elements that are happening. But at the same time, I was like, I mean, I would watch like 10 episodes of this. We're down to seven for this. I understand it was probably a tough show to produce and like, it's very expensive, I'm sure, with the cast and the basketball and all these, like, it's a period piece. There's a lot of reasons, probably it's seven instead of like nine or 10. But man, I was like, I wish it had more episodes. Yeah. And I think you just kind of want like a show where you're you're not constantly having to be like on all the time and like paying attention and watching. I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing. I think in, in a certain way, like prestige TV and like peak TV kind of ruined yes. TV in general. It definitely ruined middle TV and like yes. low stakes TV. Um, because now like everyone's just doing like 10 episodes or fewer or whatever right like even Sopranos had 13 episodes a season you know but like because you have, you have such fewer episodes it needs to be plot heavy right. and really concise and tight and then like the the errors so to speak are more glaring whereas yeah. like, when you have 22 episodes a season highly enjoyable like there are going to be some flops every now and then but like you don't really care because you like you know these characters and you get to spend time with them and you know and like from like a behind the scenes perspective that's also great you know with the strikes it's like that's a great way to develop writers too like you just give an assignment to like you know a writing assistant it's like hey like break this episode like you want to take a stab at this like or like ask past people come in like crazy ideas pitch some crazy ideas because we have 22 episodes this season and maybe like 10 to 15 of them will actually like deal with the overarching plot but these other ones are just gonna have some fun and like a blast right you know and I think those are the type of episodes, if you look back on these, you know, like 20 episode seasons of shows, like those like crazy episodes, experimental episodes, like people remember those to become like cult favorites over the years, you right. know? Yeah. Uh, here's one from oh. Sophie. This is actually relevant to our conversation earlier. Uh, after the Golden Globes and SAG Awards earlier this year, it looks like Jeremy Allen White was the one to beat. When he didn't win the TCA award, though, it got me thinking. Is it possible that Jeremy Allen White isn't as strong as some might think, and that Jason Sudeikis might pull off a three P for Ted Lasso? Sophie, I'm, I'm go. I'm thinking of going here. I really am because he lost the TCA. Award. Not because he lost the TCA award, but I'm just like, man, Jeremy Allen White is great on the Bear. Obviously, it goes without saying. They've never competed against each other though. In like when he won those awards at the Globes and the SAGs, and like we're saying, I, I kind of keep going back to like what we're saying about like the Bear versus Ted as series. Like, there's really no reason for them to go off Ted for series, right? They still love Ted. And why would they go off Jason then? I mean, Jer- is Jeremy that much? I think maybe yes, but is Jeremy that much better or that much of an undeniable winner compared to Jason for what might be the final time he's playing Ted Lasso? And if you watch the show, no matter what happens for future seasons, it's clear Jason is not going to be a major character on those future seasons. So I just think that maybe so he, he can wins. win a guest Emmy in the future. I mean, maybe he can win a guest Emmy, but I really do think he could win. I don't think it's, I think it's much closer. 
at least I think it's much closer than like people have made it seem like, including me. Are you going to switch to Jason right now? I kind of think I might. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go into this cliffhanger. Maybe this is the cliffhanger. You're going to you're going to leave this up for four months. <laughs> I'm going to go into Jason in first. I just I just don't I don't understand why he would lose. Uh, the argument would be that Jeremy's amazing on the bear and that he should win and that he's going to win at the Golden Globes probably and the SAG Awards this year. Um, so I will just say that, you know, Jason also didn't win the TCA award two years ago for mm-hmm. Ted's first season. He, he lost to, yeah. And he won the Emmy. Um, but obviously he was always winning the Emmy that year. He, he lost TCA to Gene Smart. Right. Acts that year. And, uh, like, I'm not surprised that Jeremy didn't win TCA. I, I think he lost the same uh, way that Jason lost two years ago because uh, Aya was nominated alongside him and Hannah was nominated alongside Jason right. two years ago. So then, um, and then I think we talked about this last month with the winners, like Natasha Leone won this year for Poker Face and like TSA loves Natasha Leone, Russian Doll won. I'm not ready so. to make Natasha Leone win. I'm not no. banking it all on TCA. But like, I don't, I don't think like that has any bearing on the Emmys okay um, regardless of whether jeremy wins the emmy or not but i i think like um it can just be like mayor versus mayor of east town versus the queen's gambit like they're like the bear could legitimately win three acting emmys just like mayor did and not Wait. win series we I've had that I think in the beginning when the nominations first broke we did our first prediction I think I had Jeremy Io and um Eben but now I'm not I don't have it winning maybe any then acting nominate winners which also I have Io winning I guess which also feels like a little weird like, I, I think Io... I think that can happen yeah. like it wins three acting Emmys but it doesn't win the big one because Ted like Queen's Gambit is just the bigger show overall right. you know and um. So and I think like like Ted could win. I have Ted winning the combo that Queens won on the main show, which is series and directing. Right. So hopefully uh, Declan Lowney does not give a speech like Scott Frank did. So oh, what an iconic speech. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. I don't. I like. I don't think like I wouldn't be surprised if Jason won, but I I don't think like Ted needs to win a regular acting category for Ted to win series or like vice versa or whatever. I, I agree with that. And I don't have, I don't, I'm going to have, whether I've, if I have switched back in in our, uh, in January, when we come back for our, our se- mid season premiere, uh, I don't think it needs to win an acting award, Ted to win series. I think it would win series no matter what, but I just think I just, I feel like it might be another Jason win just because why wouldn't it be another Jason win? I, I don't know. I mean, like there's really no reason for them to go off him basically. It also feels like because like, you know, they they have not given series to uh, a dramatic show before, a comedy series to a more dramatic show before, like The Bear. But like they have no problem giving like the acting awards to Yeah, that, that's true. Like that's what like they did to Atlanta and Barry, right. you know? Right. I, so I it, it feels like that could happen here. Um, and yeah, but you know, like they've never faced off before. So anything can happen. Uh slugfest at goldderby.com another one here from pam 
Pam writes, dear Joyce and Chris, I hate that we have to wait until next year to find out who won the Emmys. Wouldn't it just be better and easier to announce the winners via press release this fall and let us move on with the rest of award season rather than holding an award ceremony in January when those same folks will likely be winning awards for subsequent seasons of their shows? Pam, you know we're on the right side of history here. That's absolutely yeah, give, right. Give me a press release, yeah. 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 It, this is, there's nothing sillier to me than like having these winners be sandwiched in between next season's winners. It makes no sense. Truly makes uh, no sense. Yeah, I've given give me a press release. You could do you could do a press conference like the Globes. I mean, yeah. they could do like an actual event. They could do a televised event. They don't need they could if they want to do the Emmys in January and have like a show where you like we've talked about celebrating the history of the Emmys and doing speeches with the actors who are going to attend and blah blah blah. They could still do that and still like now or like in October do a televised like hour long special that in essence is like winners via press release. But it's like, hey, we're going to do a clip show and like here's who wins and, you know, we'll let you know. We'll see their speeches come back in three months to watch their speeches or something like there's no reason to hold the winners. You could still have an event. I don't necessarily think people are watching. First of all, no, they're watching like casuals are watching for the gowns. Like right. the, the a action. lot of these categories are pretty predictable. And certainly if yeah. you're casual, you're already thinking you already know who won. So it's not like you're watching for like the tension or like drama of who's going to win. You're watching for like the pomp and circumstance. So you could still have that. Right. Knowing the and winners. then there are some actors you do want to hear a speech from. Yeah. So like that's what you're looking for. I let's say they gave out the winners and they told us that like Ted Lasso wins for its final season with Jason Sudeikis and Succession wins for its final season and Kieran wins and you know all the all, Ray wins for Better Call Saul and then we're going to do a show in January where we'll have like all the celebrities come and like celebrate each other we could do instead of announcing the winners you could do like the acting categories like give a like a little tribute to all the nominees and then be like and here's Kieran with his speech like when people want to watch that and when you still watch it you didn't need to know that it was like who's going to win you already know one. I don't know. Yeah, like I think like if you're a fan, you would still watch it. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, like how, you know, some some of these like critics awards, like like New York, like and LA, like they announced their winners, yeah. like MBR and everything. You know, they announced their winners in December and then they have their dinner in January. Yeah. And it's really great. And they do like tributes to those winners. And it, there's a way to do it that I think is really compelling. I think the idea that we the the to live televised award shows need to have some modicum of like suspense like it's live sports is an yeah outdated, it's like it's, it's not suspenseful at all no it's kind of like, an outdated that's why sports idea. is exciting because you you literally don't know what's going to happen next like anything can happen whereas like with this it's like voting is done and like people there are some people who know who the winners are like and, there's nothing to do between now and january 15 right that will I mean, change the result <laughs> already kind of know what you know what I mean? I just think it's like I think it's a silly way to think about it. Doing this, you could still do. I don't think. I guess my other. I'm not a TV producer, but I really think they could hire us for this, Joyce. You and I for the Emmys. I think we would do a great job. I'll just say like I don't think your ratings are going to be majorly. If the winners were known, I don't think people would be less likely to watch than they are with winners unknown. I don't think it. I, maybe there's like a small amount of people who'd be like, I'm not going to watch it. But if you're predisposed to watching an award show, you're going to watch it whether you know the winners or not. Yeah. No, it's just like the Oscars and trying to like drag in people who don't care about the Oscars when you're not catering to your core audience. Like the people who care will watch it regardless of like whatever you're going to put on. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to get 50 million people to watch it. And and like, again, you're putting this on on Martin Luther King Day. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> Opposite like a wild card game, basically. Oh, yeah. And 
Um, and yeah, and it's like super delayed, really for no reason. Like I know, like because of the strikes, but really, like you you could still have had the Emmys next week. Like, you could still announce the winners next week. It, it's know? just a really weird. I think it's like of all the possible decisions they could have made, this is the one that I think is like the least successful decision. It's also so like you know remember in 2020 um the the pandemies which was a very Great successful show. you know show. a lot of like the pandemic show award shows that came after that not as successful no that was a great one yeah but like and they were basically the first ones too and i was like obviously all virtual zoom and then but like for the creative arts i thought like what they did that year was really great because they basically did it like like they, they streamed it on youtube basically five nights and, and like they had to have all the nominees send in pre-recorded speeches because there's just so many categories. And then, you know, then, then they played the speech for yeah. the winner. So it's like, you, I mean, I don't think they wouldn't do that now, um, but like that, that was like a way that was like their workaround to it. You know, it's like, sorry that you have to give a speech for an award that you might not win, <laughs> but like, this is like what we have to do right now, you know? So yeah, like, there's really no reason they don't need to delay this until January. No. Um, and then also it's like, if you know, the strikes aren't over, like what you're going to like move it even further. Like, come on. <laughs> Got two emails left here, Joyce. These are from the real fans. I would say Joyce, uh, this one's from Cheryl Joyce. I know you love tennis. What are your thoughts about this crap between Disney and charter that has kept me from being able to watch the U S open Joyce? I got to say, I have very little awareness of what Cheryl's talking about here. But you know about the Spectrum blackout. Yes. Yeah. So Spectrum slash Charter and Disney are in a beef. So on August 31st, promptly at 8 p.m., right at kickoff time for college football, like all the ABC and like Disney uh, mm -hmm. networks blacked out. So um, yeah, and it's still blacked out right now because they don't have a deal. So if you have Spectrum, you basically can't watch. Like every like people missed the the games this weekend in college football. You know, great timing, really. Um, and obviously US Open is still going on. And like there's also like FX and stuff, which I think people don't care as much about, <laughs> especially when shows are on Hulu the next day. Right. Um, so you have to find alternative means to watch. ESPN, which is that ESPN is basically what everyone is very, very mad about. Um, I was too, because I also have Spectrum. Um, but my parents have Verizon, so I used their login. So I've been able to watch. So I'm fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know some people have like subscribed to YouTube TV and Sling and like all this stuff. Um, one of my tennis Twitter friends, like she, was like someone remind me to like unsubscribe from like YouTube TV after the US Open is over. Because <laughs> like I have like my six day trial or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it sucks. And I was like saying to my friend, I was like, why didn't this, this happen like a month ago when nothing was going on? <laughs> Probably for this exact reason, right? So yeah. Um, but if, if you, you're like, you're screwed basically. If you don't have, if you're not willing to find another means to watch, to get these channels, but yeah. But like the funny thing is um, 
like Daniil Medvedev the other day, he was saying, because like in his hotel, they have Spectrum, so he doesn't have ESPN either. So he was like, I want to watch um, the Francis Tiafoe and Don Shelton match that was last night. He was like, I want to watch it, but like my hotel has Spectrum, so I, I don't have ESPN anymore. So I guess I'm going to have to like find like a pirate website. But then like last night, someone um, in the Financial Times, I think they they said that Disney was giving like login codes to their app to all like the, the all the players that US Open who wants one and then they they said like so John McEnroe last week he was out because he had COVID he's he came back I think on Monday but it said in the story that like he was furious last week when the blackout happened because he was like I need a login because I can't like I can't watch these matches so they gave him a login too I was like that's awesome classic of course J Mac so but um yeah thank you for your concern Cheryl Good job, Cheryl. Uh, Joyce, did you like the US Open? You had fun? We don't, you know, not talk of about Of course. Yeah. Um, I go every year, yeah. as you know. Yeah. So a great time. Um, and yeah, I I got, I didn't get that sunburn, but like a little sunburn yeah. this time. So. Uh, and this one, another one for the real fans. This one's from Joe to me. It's about movies, Joyce. I'm going to let it slide because I just think it's funny. Uh. Are we in for another, Joe writes, hi, Chris, are we in for another award season during which people obsess over Austin Butler thanks to the bike riders? Follow up, Chris, what are your thoughts on that movie overall? And is Tom Hardy actually intelligible for once or is he forever the mumble king? Joe coming in hot. Joyce, I saw the bike riders. I tell you, I know, I know you saw the bike riders. You could see, you could follow me on Letterboxd to see my thoughts on all these movies. Uh, Tom Hardy and the bike riders sounds like, I mean, I'm sorry. Well, Tom Hardy and the bike riders sounds like Marlon Brando, but on helium maybe? He's got like a high pitched voice. It's actually hard to do. I don't think I could do it. But but is he intelligible? No, I would say no. Uh, but he's great. I love Tom Hardy. And then Austin has like not Austin is not doing Elvis, but he definitely has a baritone. So I'm not sure if that's because his vocal cords are fried now forever or whatever. But he has a pretty deep voice. Uh, and Jody Comer is doing like Karen Hill by way of like Mike Ditka. The Bears uh what a fun fucking movie i mean she is great with accents she's great she was so good uh it's really fun it's a very watchable movie it's a little violent but like in the way goodfellas is violent you know what i mean like it's not like gory goodfellas violent. is not violent to me really i don't think so either but i think some people would be shocked there were definitely a couple of scenes where i was like oh like winced like kind of like oh shit like that was like pretty uh a severe beating there um but I had a real fun time with it. Uh, I think it's like really watchable. I don't know if it's going to be an awards caliber movie, but it's definitely a movie I'll watch like a million times once it's on like whatever. Yeah, I, I like Max, I guess. Um, but I, are, you, are you predicting any of them? Are you predicting Jody? I didn't predict anybody. Jody, I'm not sure if she was going to be lead. I think she is, right? Um, It sounds like based on reactions that she's a borderline case but she's like the the framing device she's it, it would be a it would be a pretty severe fraud if they put her in supporting yeah but if she went in supporting i think she'd have a better shot of being nominated because it's like kind of like a character actresses flashy. Yeah. uh and tom and michael shan tom is definitely like the a major like factor in the movie but I don't think he would get nominated. And Austin is just like, it's just like a movie, like it's like a Brad Pitt 90s performance where it's like, he's not getting nominated, but he's good, you know? Uh, it cracked me up how 
a lot of the reactions were just like, wow, he was so fucking hot. I mean, he's pretty hot in general. But I'm just like, yeah, like, like, is this like a surprise or something? Not a surprise. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Is a lot of uh, that guy's in it? Like Emery Cohen is in it? Remember him? There's a lot of people in it. Yeah, it's a large cast. Uh, Michael Shannon has a small part. Like, yeah, a lot, a lot of guys, just a lot of guys. Like you'll see like those guys. It's like they're a bunch of guys. Boyd Holbrook is great. Uh, yeah, I, we'll talk about all these Telluride movies and like in general, just I'll say one thing. Bike Riders and another one that I really loved uh, was Saltburn. We don't need to get into that discourse already or anything, but I will say both Bike Riders and Saltburn, one of the critiques I heard from people at Telluride was like, yeah, but what's it trying to say? And to me, I was just like, who gives a shit? It's so fucking entertaining. Like sometimes it could just be a good, you know, I don't need my movie. Why, why does to have, it have like, to say anything? I, I don't know. And I think a lot this of times. Like, this is like suits. Like, why does it have to say anything? I was like, I get the sense when you're at a film festival and certainly like with award season and we think about this with awards in general, the movies have to be more than just what they're about. It'd right? be they like have elevated. Be, they have to be saying something about the culture or the discourse or the moment. And they have to be like filmmakers, like doing something. And on the way home from Telluride, I watched The Departed our favorite movie. Uh, and I was just like, this is a movie that Scorsese has nothing really to say other than everyone is going to die. So fuck it. Let's just burn it all down. Basically. That's like the theme of the movie and it fucking rules. It's the most, enter- it's still, it, it's so entertaining. Even on airplane, I was like riveted and laughing my ass off, but probably like De Niro and Cape Fear while people are like, why is this guy watching an incredibly violent? Is, um, isn't it funny? Like we, we, we kind of like want that, like, like messaging so to speak with the oscars but like you don't really talk about that with the emmys never with the emmys isn't it it is funny and if we think about we just did like the 2000s a lot of these great winners from the 2000s where we were like no country for old men i think is like this also that has something to say but in the real and it is just a great thriller right like there is like yeah. same with the departed where it's like there's a slight message there but it's just a really watchable thriller yeah and, and like, like some dog too like that's just yeah like exactly it's just like a well-made like story engine and i feel like with saltburn and bike riders for me those were just like great watchable movies that i think were getting dinged on the ground at least for not being about more than what they're about which to me i was just like i love what they're about they're just like a lot of fun well you obviously and, like saltburn because it's like gossip girl it i did sweet why why and, did gossip girl get no emmy love it's it's another suits absolutely should have gotten emmy love i think you i could make a case for like season one uh blair uh Leighton what's Meester. her face Leighton Meester and uh Ed Westwick I could make a case for her as well um but yeah these shows I, I'll also just like shout out uh PJA Patrick J Adams definitely not Patrick J Adams uh got a SAG nomination for the first season so I mean USA shows not to double back on this no like, do it they, they they were getting like some awards love like Piper Perabo and Callie Thorne got nominations from the Globes and Sharon Glass got an emmy nomination for burn notice but she's sharon glass so but like no one else was able to break through at the emmys because they're just not like elite enough for the emmys these shows i i also get the sense and i think this also doubles back to what we we're talking about from that same not patrick j adams that like why these shows don't exist right or whatever and like kind of i think for whatever reason the industry is like kind of bifurcated like the reason there's no middle is because everything is either giant blockbuster show or movie right that's just like superhero ip or whatever ip and like gotta people don't watch anything they don't know about or it's got to chase awards and then also be about something else because like there's the whole 
that we're part of, like an awards industrial complex that like supports like these movies even existing. And then when you have those are the only two fields, like stuff that's just good gets like kind of lost, either not made at all or is just- oh, yeah, totally like the work. mid-budget adult drama, like in film. And then now TV is just like low stakes, like broadcast type of TV. And that's almost like it's a Ouroboros type thing because like we're saying, like my sense from- Telluride and you could just maybe you'll see these and you might not like them either or maybe like people will not respond to bike riders or saltburn and certainly they might not but to me I was like that was the thing the thing that people were bucking up against is that like they weren't they weren't like zone of interest in anatomy of fall or like all of the strangers or poor things even even though it's very funny but they're and they're also not like you know Barbie or Oppenheimer so they're just movies that are good or shows that we're saying that are good shows that like don't really have anywhere to go and then people are kind of dismissing them out of hand and i'm like well that's why they don't make these things is because people don't want to take them seriously even if they're really good yeah and then like the other it's like they can make them but then it's like they want to like chase awards too like the other thing like you could have like successful like big mainstream stuff that does not win awards right but then yes. you want to go like prestige to win awards and that was also kind of why blue sky went away for usa because they they start they did mr robot and that really changed everything. And they and like that was like a big deal back then when they they like like basically announced that they were gonna eradicate Blue Sky. Right. It was. I mean, and like they, and they were trying to do like more dramatic stuff and it didn't really right. work out for them. And now they have like no original programming. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's 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 a weird, it's a weird time in the industry. And anyway, bike riders is good. I just as we're recording this on Wednesday, what day is the day yes, Wednesday? Wednesday. All right. See, the bike riders trailer just came out. I can't wait to go watch it and see how it matches up to what the movie is like. I love I love um trailers and just like even watching a trailer after I've seen a movie or like you know vice versa and seeing like the like the the angle they're taking and the cut of the trailer to try to appeal to different groups like when the Killers of the Flower Moon the initial trailer was like super dramatic yes. prestige but then the second one was like appealing to mainstream and like actiony you know yes yeah. uh yeah I'm I totally I like that too I can't wait to see Killers of the Flower Moon again I'll say that as well. I will watch it again. Uh, that's it, I guess, Joyce. I think that was the last email. Let me look here. Check the inbox. Uh, oh, here's one more I got. This is just a basic one. We can do this for fun. This is from Jen. Jen writes, the fall, we were just talking, talking about this. The fall TV season looks pretty bleak because of the ongoing strikes. This is not a complaint about the strikes. What are you going to watch, plan on watching this fall? Well, you're already watching the morning show. Yeah, I'm definitely watching that uh i don't really um, know there's not a lot i'm really excited about let's say yeah same really i you watched lessons in chemistry already right i i was going to start that and then i didn't we watched a few of them not all of them and never right. gone back to it so yeah um this fall like i don't watch american horror story and that's premiering in like two weeks yeah basically and um, I have to catch up to Minx, but that's like the summer. It premiered in July. So... Yeah, it was like, I mean, I'm looking forward to like the end of Only Murders and the end of uh, Winning Time, but those will be ending here soon. So they don't really count. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Julia. I like season one of Julia. It was but okay. It's not, it's not like my favorite show or anything. Yeah. It's kind of like, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, middle TV, like we were saying, but it's, like, that's kind of, like, how I watch it as. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I don't really watch the Gilded Age. I know a lot of people are excited about that, but I'm very excited for Carrie Coon's tweets. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch that one either. I don't, I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot I'm thinking about, like, maybe some HBO shows. Who knows? Um, There's, well, there's Fargo season five, but I haven't watched since, like, season two, really. The same, <laughs> but I was like, I might come back because I love John Hamm. He, I, I want him, you know what? Like, yeah, like, John Hamm used to do more comedy, but, like, the the thing Fargo the the thing that makes me want to watch Fargo every year is when I read the log line and I see the names because Fargo has the best names always great names yeah so uh Joyce I don't know do we have a cliffhanger to end on what do you want to end on here as we go out I don't know like we don't know what all TV shows we're gonna watch (laughs) we don't know what all TV shows are watch and I'm gonna say uh I don't know. I, I may already made all my changes. I have no cliffhangers. So we you're, you're already on Jason Sudeikis. Let's go, Nisi Nash. Bets, let's go. How many uh, did you change in the past hour? Well, just those, just two, those two. And uh, yeah, just those two, I think. How about we take bets on how many we will change in January? Okay. I'm going to say, how are we doing over under? Over under in the primetime category. So that's like 25, right? Is that what we would predict, I think? Well, oh. in in here, I don't even know how many is in here. Let me see, three, six, nine, 12. One, four, can you 26, do it's 26. Okay. Out of these 26 in the primetime categories, I'm gonna say over under on three changes for you yeah do you want the over the under for each of us i'll take for the each of us so i'm gonna take the oh i would take the over for me i would take the under, under for, me. for you <laughs> yeah so i guess we'll see uh if we we pay off i'll, I'll remember this we'll write it down uh yeah and then creative arts i don't even know i don't know how many categories more there. changes to that one but i don't even know i think there i would too you know what? Like, I might, I might change more in prime time depending on what happens at Creative Arts. True, that's another thing we don't know. Yeah, so we'll come back. I guess so. We'll come back, like you said, maybe that first week in January to do these. We'll come back again, and until then, talk about the Oscars. Wow, can't wait! What a great, what a great decision! Can't wait for the 2023-24 Emmys. It's gonna be wonderful. Part, part one. Part one. On Martin Luther King Day. This was so much fun. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.